Hey, and welcome to Ask Me Anything. This is a podcast about our faith, the Bible, what it means to be human, and following Jesus. I'm Dan Gillis, the Young Adults Pastor at Village Church, and today I'm joined by Nathan Finocchio. Nathan is a pastor at Hillsong Church in California. He's also the author of a book, Hearing God. Uh, Nathan also has been involved in different uh, music groups, uh, Royal Royal. Um, and uh, Nathan, my Canadian brother, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's good to be here. You're in uh, sunny California. It looks like it's beautiful there. How are things going? Yeah, it's good. Beautiful day. A uh, couple protests, but the uh, quarantine's starting to open. Restaurants and cafes are open, so... Uh, and more importantly, the beaches and the golf courses are open, so uh, lots to be thankful for. Um, Nathan, can you start by talking a little bit about your story, how you grew up, and uh, just really, you know, from, from childhood all the way up to now that you're in California? Sixteen plus years, and uh, my parents, um, my dad has kind of been in ministry my whole life um in one capacity or another and uh yeah my parents are um they both got saved as as radical kind of hippies and broken homes and they didn't want their kids to you know be raised in a in a secular home and and so they were (laughs) my parents like went super gung-ho when we were kids i was raised in a pretty strict christian home needless to say uh, you know my parents wouldn't let me really watch much listen to much we i don't think we had a tv until i was like six i can't remember but um then my dad would throw it out and then my dad would buy a new one my dad would throw it out my dad is hilarious um so he would get a tv yeah feel conviction and then toss it away yeah oh i mean like yeah if if we were behaving badly at times i remember you know like in around the eight nine ten eleven year old mark like my mom was my dad's like a little stitious and my mom is superstitious <laughs> And, um, and so my mom would be like, uh, she would, she'd be like, yeah, you like, I think it's the TV, you know, the TV. And my dad would be like, what? okay. You know, like, so he just, he didn't care because he didn't watch TV. So he'd just throw it out. You know, it's hilarious. And then six months would go by and they realized it wasn't the TV, but I don't know. It was just, it was pretty funny stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't like find out really about, about secular music till I was like nine or 10. I started to listen to the Beatles Okay. Kind of secretly, my parents started to let me do that, and um, and then I don't know. Yeah, I started to get into music, and then I guess things sort of opened up. But it took a long time. I remember going to a Christian music store, and my mom's like, "You can pick out three, you know, cassettes because I don't really like you listening to, to secular music." So I'm like, okay, I'm like 13 or something, 12, and so I picked out like Audio Adrenaline, DC Talk, and MXPX. And I remember my mom bawling her eyes out at the store because I picked up an MXPX record and we're at like the, the checkout. This is how embarrassing like in Christian, my parents were. Um, and she's like crying. She's like, you're better than this. <laughs> <laughs> like you have a, you have a future, you know, you have a, you know, you're a man of God. And that is so funny. So, um, so anyways, long story short, um, I survived you know, 11 years of, of a private Christian school, Baptist curriculum, and then finished my high school, high school at a, at a, at a public high school. And then I went to a Bible college, a super strict Bible college in Portland, Oregon, uh, collared shirts, khakis, you know, dress, you had to dress up to go to, you know, like uh, 10 o'clock curfew, 
Were you allowed uh, to have the long hair? No, no. Uh, whatever length you came in, you could keep, uh, but it couldn't get longer. Um, you could get shorter, it just couldn't get longer. And you had to have, uh, if, you had, if men had long hair, it, had, it couldn't be longer than their ear uh, was the rule. Um, anyways, uh, it was it was wild, dude. It was uh, it was on the site of an old military academy, and they used the barracks for the dorms. Wow, it's it's just wild. So, anyways, um, did that, and then and then kind of went back to Canada, youth pastored for three and a half years. And during those three and a half years, and kind of like after Bible college, my brother and I began to really assault. Um, this would probably be a good word. That would probably be the term my parents would use, but kind of appreciate and critique our charismatic slash, you know, Pentecostal holiness slash Baptist fundamentalist upbringing. We were raised in a charismatic church, like a kind of the uh, latter reign charismatic uh, persuasion um, meets. So, so it's like the exciting order. charismatics. Yeah, the exciting charismatics for sure. Um, conga lines, open mic prophecy, worship that goes for three hours and it's only playing two songs. Right. Um, song of the Lord, lifting of the hands, you know, prophetic exhortation type stuff. So, um, anyway, so yeah, that was my that was my upbringing, and um, and I guess yeah, when we got back, we began to like really assault, so assault not the charismatic part of it. But the fundamentalist part where it's like kind of the divorce between the sacred and the secular and kind of reclaiming a theology on common grace yep. uh, and the gifts. You know, we were taught that Satan was the one who invented, you know, music essentially because he was a lead music worship leader and his body was made of musical instruments and stuff like that, which is not even true. Yeah. Uh, old KJV renderings of Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. But um but uh, yeah, so that was that's kind of where I came from, and so kind of went through this process of like, I, I never threw the baby out with the bathwater. I never, I've never stopped being an evangelical charismatic, but I've definitely dropped a lot of the puritanical, uh, Pentecostal holiness superstition. Yeah, and um, and become and and I've and I've become um, I'm I'm more I think that I I like to think that I'm more charismatic. And, and more uh, evangelical than I've ever been um, in the truest sense, senses of the terms. And I actually really believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, and, saying, you know, and, and, and all that good stuff. But there's just a lot that came with it, uh, a lot of superstition that came with it. And so that's kind of my bent in writing the book. So, so after that, I, I, I moved to New York. I had met Joel Houston uh, when I was in Canada, uh, youth pastoring, I, I interviewed him for a magazine that I was writing for. And um, we kind of connected and I met Carl the following winter. And I was there in New York City the night I was with them the night that they decided to, to start the church. And so a year later, I'd moved back to New York. And, um, and that was uh, some 10 years ago. So yeah, it's been a wild ride. And now I'm, you know, about a year and a half, I moved here to, uh, to, to, to California. So right now I I kind of preach, teach, travel. Um, I run Theos U. I'm, I'm the founder of Theos U and the founder of Theos Seminary, which we're launching in September. But Theos U is sort of like a, a Netflix for theology um, where we take Bible college courses and we distill them. And for $11 a month, people can 
um, take these courses and we, um, there's no homework or anything. You just audit them. You just listen to them. And, and I try to get young, um, thoughtful, um, hilarious, um, evangelical friends of mine, uh, who are absolutely brilliant and, and, uh, breathtakingly hilarious, um, to share their insights on scripture. And then we have, uh, one serious guy, uh, serious because he's a genius, uh, David Campbell, and he, uh, he's one of our faculty as well. So, so yeah, it's, it's a motley crew. We like to have a lot of fun. And, um, so that's kind of my passion right now is building those two things. And, and I, my, my heart, the you know, seminary is a $99 a month, um, Bible college. It's all online and, uh, is a degree path. And, and, um, my heart is to make evangelical charismatic theology, um, available to everybody. So, mm. you know, if you don't want to do homework and, and read books and, and write essays, then for 11 bucks a month, you can just binge watch this stuff. Yeah. Um, and if you want to go to Bible college, I don't think it should break the bank and absolutely destroy you. Um, and, uh, and I think that there should be zero gen eds in your, in your Bible college degree. And so it should be all Bible and, and biblical training and ministry training. And, uh, so yeah, for $99 a month, which is probably what most of us pay between our iPhone loan and, uh, our, our, our phone bill. Totally. Uh, you know, you can, you can go to a Bible, you can go to college and, and get ministry training. So that's kind of what I'm really passionate about. And where can people check that out? Theos U, the Netflix for theology type vibe. The $11 a month one is uh, www.theosu.ca. Um, and then- You've got some Canadian roots there. That's it, yeah. My brother-in-law is, um, is my business partner and, and co-founder, along with my brother, Gabriel, who's our business partner and co-founder. Um, and uh, Brian runs it from Canada. He's in Canada still. He married my sister. And, um, so uh, you can find that there. And then theosseminary.com um, is the uh, is the, the, Bible, the full Bible college thing, which launches in September. So pretty fun stuff. So cool. To all of our listeners, uh, check that out. Uh, super cool. I've, I've, I've seen some of the videos on there. Uh, I think you guys would be super blessed by that. Uh, Nathan, in addition to Theosu and your music, uh, with Royal Royal, you've also written a book called Hearing God. Uh, I've read it, super great. I'm wondering if you could chat a little bit about your book. Um, and uh, I thought it'd be fun to start a little uh, with a little bit of why you wrote the book. I wrote the book because, well, I guess it was, uh, it was like a, a convergence point for a number of things that were happening in my life. Um, one of the things that was happening was I did, I felt like I couldn't hear from God and I needed to hear from God and I wanted to find mm. out how to hear from God. Uh, number two, I, I yeah, I, I find that when I preach things, it's just because I've been bothered about a question. And so then I go about trying to find the answer to it. And then that's what people hear on a Sunday. It's not necessarily because I'm an expert on it. It's because I, because I didn't know about it and I was passionate about it. Then uh, I was, I was, I was working for Hillsong, New York city and I was um, teaching classes and I had all these people that coming from different, different, um, Christian persuasions and they wanted to, they had all these different charismatic presuppositions or, or maybe cessationist presuppositions or whatever. But, you know, a lot of people have a lot of presuppositions about God. We all do. And so I wanted to kind of write a book that comes alongside people and their, and the questions and the myths. Um, hmm. 
I think that there's a lot of myths. That's kind of how I've ordered the book. It's ordered in like a myth busting scheme. Yeah. So it goes kind of chapter by chapter through, I think, some of the common questions that people ha- have about how God speaks and uh, the nature of his voice. And so I kind of wanted to make a book that's for uh, for dummies, you know, like like myself, where people, you know, we have these presuppositions. And so we need to see what the scriptures say, but we also need to um, – kind of myth bust some things that we that sound really good but at the end of the day aren't biblical ideas and are just in point in fact stupid um and i had a lot of them and um so anyways that's kind of how i i write it and just kind of coming alongside people going hey guys like i man like i i have a hard time hearing i mean my wife at times you know never mind god you know like so talking about it's i think the book is 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 less like a practical guide although there is a mm-hmm. there is that in there yeah there are practical instructions uh, but more a philosophy and i feel like if you can give a man a philosophy then the, i think the practical side will actually work itself out yeah 100%. Um, do you know what i mean like yeah. uh, if you can give a man the how and the why um then i think that a lot of things are in themselves out i think people you know work it out but some of those major philosophical ideas about the nature of God's speech, et cetera, and why he speaks the way he speaks, et cetera. I, I try to answer those. And I feel like, I feel like this is the kind of book that's going to kind of equip people for the future to just see it's kind of, it's almost like a grid, you know, and it just mm-hmm. shows you, well, God's going to speak in these number of areas and these are the areas that you can grow in. And if you grow in those things and here's a, and this is the philosophy, the idea, this is a Christian philosophy on God's speech towards us. You know, you nail these things in your head that, number one, God wants to speak to you. Number two, that God has so many, so many thoughts about you. Psalm 139, like they're uncountable. And you can reach in, you can reach out and grab a God thought at any point. Um, But God's never silent towards you. He's just not talking about stuff that maybe you want him to talk about. Um, You know, so like some of that in the the Christian soul is like, it's like a philosophy, right? Like that you kind of need to, to see that God's heart towards you and his ambition towards you. Yeah. is that he's he's a communicative being. He's in communication eternally. Um, you know, the fact that God is three is pretty incredible. You know, like by his very nature, he's in community and he's in communication. Um, of course, he's going to be communicating and being in communication with, with the, the people that he loves and he's created, et cetera. So kind of just like nailing that stuff and then, working your way through that. Okay. That he's okay. So he speaks through scripture and scripture is the measure of all his communication, you know, and he speaks to community and he speaks to these people and, you know, and these are the type of people that he speaks through. And so you should have these types of relationships with them, et cetera. So, um, yeah, like I, I wrote it because I wanted to kind of disciple people, hmm. um, into Christianity, into Christian thinking and Christian philosophy and ultimately, um, Christian attitudes and postures towards, um, our our incredible God, who is three and and one. Mm-hmm. So, so in other words, you wrote this book out of uh, not so much out of the posture of okay, I've I've got this all figured out. God speaks to me, you know, all the time. He tells me, you know, where to find a parking spot and what I should have for lunch, and you know, re- like he's. It, it's not like you've had the like this 
constant, ongoing conversation with God, and it's been incredible all the time. You have no low points. But in other words, you're saying, okay, you had this hunger or the desire to hear God more and to hear yeah. him more clearly. And so you wrote this book in, in some sense to really chase that idea down of how do we hear from God. And then on the other hand, to disciple other people and how they can hear from God. Because God doesn't just speak to pastors. He doesn't just speak to worship leaders. He doesn't just speak to, you know, uh, theos, you, you know, uh, teachers or yeah. whatever it is, but he speaks to his children. That's exactly it. I'm not Moses coming down the mount with the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Um, you know, and saying, you know, like, I know where the presence is and it's up there. Um, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a Christian, um, that has a Bible and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, I believe that, um, the presentation of this material is, um, it's a presentation of what I think are biblically, uh, historic, orthodox, faithful interpretations of scripture mm-hmm. in terms of God's posture towards us, um, and how he speaks throughout, you know, the old Testament, and the new Testament, et cetera. So, um, yeah, that's, it's kind of, that's kind of basically it. I'm not, yeah, I'm not like, I don't, I don't, not, I don't have an angel, you know, that, 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 you know, writes down things for me or follows me around. I don't, I don't, you know, I believe in the prophetic and I believe, uh, I, you know, I, I believe I, I do hear from the Lord. Um, but, um, I just kind of share some principles and some philosophy around it, you know, like, of, of um, you know, if, if you, just some things that you need to be aware of. I think that, you know, we have these, once again, we have these, we, these presuppositions, even as charismatics that like, you know, one of the things that I can't stand more than anything in the world is when people say, God told me, hmm. you know, like, because it's such a subjective thing, you know? And so, um, so while I'm, I'm convinced that God speaks to people, um, I'm not the kind of guy who goes, you know, the Holy spirit told me this and the Holy spirit told me that. And, and God told me that we're opening church up this weekend. And well, God told me that we're not opening church this weekend. You know, like, it's like, um, I just issue some cautions and some guards and why we should do those things. It's, it's, it's a philosophy. Right. Yeah. So, so for me, once again, coming back to equipping somebody with a philosophy of the nature of God's speech towards people, um, I can know that, the, that God is speaking to me through his word. I mean, there's certain, there's certain communications um, that I can be positive of. There are other communications that I have to hold lightly. And, um, and I'm not denying the people who, who say that God has spoken to them, that God didn't speak to them. I'm just saying that that we need a philosophy about you know the nature of the objective and the subjective voices of God, and um, and consider all of the places that God likes to speak and people that He likes to speak through. So that's kind of what it is. Once again, it's a, it's a philosophy, and I think that it's a I think that it's a it's a faithful one. It's a good one. It's a biblical one. Mm-hmm. In in your book, uh, like you were mentioning before, you talk about different myths that we might believe or come to adopt. And our own and our own lives about hearing from God. I'm wondering if you could speak to some of those myths that you wrote about in your book, um, and really just walk through maybe one or two of those for our listeners, uh, and, and maybe give give some clarity and explanation there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that there's a, um, I think that there's a myth. Do you mind if I actually grab the book? Totally. Yeah. Okay. I just gonna... it's right here. I won't grab it. There's a groundbreaking book. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. I'm surprised there's not more highlighting in that book. 
<laughs> yeah. So there's there's the myth of um, there's this myth that I'm just gonna my favorite ones. The myth of the Lone Ranger Christian is a fun one for me. There's these people who believe that it's Jesus and me and my Bible, and that's it's actually amazing. I, I just amazing, but um, this isn't the case. Um, the the issue here is that in Scripture, you know, in Acts chapter two, it says that God adds to the church daily, such as, as He was saving. So when God is saving somebody, he plants them in, turn, in, the, in the community of faith. That's yeah. what he does. Yeah. So I don't believe, I, I believe that somebody cannot be in a, in a church and still be going to heaven. But I don't believe that that's God's will for your life. And in, in the book, I, I, I believe that there's, I categorize, um, not to be confused with other, other theological uh, categorizations, but it's kind of like there's like a general will. Mm -hmm. of God for your life. And there's like a specific will of God for your life. And when you begin to uh, walk in the specific will of God, so for example, the general will, let's say like it's, you know, to, to receive Jesus Christ. Okay. But then when you begin to walk in the specific will, you know, for example, being planted in a church and being planted in community, Acts chapter two, all throughout the Psalms, you know, like he sets the solitary in families. Um, uh, Paul talked, you know, all through the book of Ephesians, you know, in book of Romans, you know, be one, be one, well, there's one body, there's one church, we're many members, we're members of one another. Like, so we're talking about people who understand the concept of planting, they understand the concept of the body, being the body and being, and you know, being brick upon brick and being built up into the spiritual house, etc. This is like basic doctrine 101 Christianity stuff. Yeah. And so when you begin to get that specific will, it's almost like there's like an even smaller circle. And that's like that, the God, the God whispers, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, so I find that the voice of God is going to come clear when I am in community because God speaks through community. He's going to speak through uh, my pastors. He's going to speak through leaders. He's going to speak through people that I'm serving with on Sunday. He's going to speak through, uh, you know, my small group uh, leader and people that begin to get to know me and see the blind spots in my life. And, um, and, you know, we, I think that people are so easily self-deceived. So when I read the scripture, the, the, when I, I believe that for most people, when they read the Bible, probably including myself, you know, when we read the Bible, we don't see ourselves, we see others because we're blind. The, the heart's wicked. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, so you we're all that Christian who, you know, you see a, a, a proverb and that proverb reminds you of somebody that, you know, pissed you off and so you share that on Facebook you know or you text it to their to your friend you know what I mean like you know a fool utters all his mouth you know like just st saw this verse yesterday thought of you and it's like that verse is for you yeah. but you don't see you and and other people act as a mirror in your life and so God if you want to hear God and you know you need other people mm -hmm. you know to to uh to hear them that way. And of course, when people call us on that stuff and, you know, send us those verses that hurt, of course, you know, we just rebuke them and tell them, you know, that's from, that's demonic and, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, the, so that's kind of my thought is that one of my thoughts is that God sets us in, 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 in family. So, so, so if I'm in a relationship, then I'm going to hear him. And as well, um, I find that people who get out of community, um, not just in community, but there's also this teaching of, like, for example, the, the work of hermeneutics. The work of hermeneutics is like the philosophy of interpretation in scripture. Mm -hmm. 
that work is actually a collective work. Totally. Um, so it's like we do we com- we interpret with the church. We don't interpret without the church. We interpret with the church. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because nobody, you know, there's no private interpretation of scriptures Peter talks about. But we have a lot of these these Christians who like, you know, I was talking with somebody the other day about their eschatology. They're like, well, you know, like I think I'm just going to stick with uh, my Bible. And I'm like, mm. what does that even mean? Stick with your Bible. You know, like there's no such thing as sticking with your Bible. It's our Bible. And interpretation doesn't, you, you can't interpret scripture any old way you want to. Um, what God was trying to say to the original audience and by authorial intent and you know that's what he's trying to say that's in that passage of scripture no mm-hmm. of course you know god could speak uh through an application of that scripture just like he could speak through a movie you know yeah. but at that point that's what what's happening yeah um but in terms of the infallible uh authoritative word of god that happens as we interpret it collectively and faithfully. And so some people just don't realize that. And so they mm-hmm. use their Bible as like this, uh, you know, that, that, uh, like, it's like a, it's like a, a magical Harry Potter book, you know, and it's just kind of them and they're the Lone Ranger and they've got their own Bible and they do things by themselves. They don't need their pastor because it's them and Jesus. And that's just a recipe for disaster. Those people, you're not going to hear from God that way. Yeah. So, so in other words, you're saying that hearing God isn't limited to a personal inner dialogue, which we're not saying that it isn't that, but it's, it's not only that. And, and also it's most healthy when it isn't only that. Uh, And so what you're saying is, is no Christianity isn't about, about being a, a lonely ranger. Hearing from God isn't about you and your Bible or you and your truth or what the Bible means to you. It's, it's what Paul wrote to his original audience in Philippi or, and it's also interesting to note that, you know, most, if not all of the Bible is written, there may be a few exceptions, but uh, most of the Bible is written to groups of people. It's the people of God in Corinth. It's, you know, so there is this collective interpreting of, of what God is saying. And then also in your book, especially on, on the chapter about prophecy, you talk about the importance of, you know, even discerning words in community. And yeah. so I, I think that's really important. And so um, just back to what, what you were saying a, a little bit ago is when you're talking about the will of God is um, you write about in your book how if we get the big things that God is really clear about in line, if you want to know what God's will is and you're in a community, uh, you're you're working on, you know, growing to become more like Jesus and, you know, you're doing those things and that specific will becomes more and more obvious uh, to us and God begins to speak more clearly. So I'm wondering um, if you could maybe just chat about one more myth that you wrote about in your book when it comes to hearing from God. Yeah, hundred percent. Let's find another one here. Yeah. The myth of the easy book. This, this is probably kind of dovetails from what we're talking about, but um, you know, second Timothy three sixteen. all scriptures, God breathed. Okay. So it's all, it's all good. Like the old Testament, was you know jesus's bible is the new testament church's bible um it's still inspired okay great um but that doesn't mean that it's easy and so i think in the west particularly in the charismatic world we've discipled people into immediate readings 
Mm. Um, so what does this mean to me now in my season of life with the, the challenges that I'm facing, um, you know, with the circumstances that I'm going through. And that must mean that that must be the meaning of that passage of scripture. That's right. And so yeah. we're, we're reading it immediately. We're reading it sort of like we're the center of the universe. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not about what God's trying to say. It's mm -hmm. about what we're trying to hear. Yeah. Does that make sense? So my list, we have a listening agenda and, um, and God doesn't, doesn't have the same agenda that I do. Mm -hmm. I want God to speak to me about my finances and my company. Yeah. Right. Like every male, right. Like every, <laughs> you're like, Lord, how much, what's the bottom line this year? You know what I mean? Yeah. How much business are we going to do? Um, and that's just God, you know, it's, most of his communication, he, he, it's, especially when you see in the New Testament, he cares about the fruit of the spirit. You know, mm -hmm. he cares about those things. That's what he wants to talk to me. You know, unfortunately, I don't like those conversations. Um, so all that to say, I think that the scripture, I, and I kind of open up this passage and I just talk about reading Macbeth in the 11th grade. And I didn't understand Macbeth. The reason why I didn't understand Macbeth is because it was written 500 years ago. Right. And, you know, it didn't make any sense to me. I couldn't immediately read it. And the Bible is actually the same way. Only harder because it wasn't written 500 years ago in my language. Yeah. It was written uh, 3,500 years ago, portions of it, and, and 2,000 years ago, you know, like over a 1,500-year period. Yep. And it was written in different languages. Totally. By people who lived in different generations who had completely different questions of God, you know, like, so, um, in different cultures, you know, people from different experiences, 44 different authors. So, so it's, it's not easy. And so, but we presume that it's easy and I don't know why we presume that it's easy or demand that it's easy. It's mm -hmm. like the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. And then we have this mistrust of scholarship just because there are scholars. And of course we do know that we know about German higher criticism and we understand liberal theology, et cetera. And we get lot, we, we think that because, because 40 different people have a different interpretation of something that there isn't a faithful interpretation. Um, you know, like just like not all scholarship is on the same level, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Totally. You know, like, um, it's just not, um, so basically what, what charismatics have resigned themselves to is, well, because there's differing interpretations, on scripture, then just read immediately and, and read injunctively. And mm -hmm. that's going to be as, you know, that's going to be a faith that's that'll render a faithful reading, you know, just let this Holy spirit guide you. And that's not, that doesn't help either. Um, yeah. so we have to just, we have to make a couple, just, just, we have to make, we have, we near our philosophy needs an adjustment, right? Yeah. So, so I, I proffer a couple philosophical, uh, ideas. One, uh, one of the, the, the philosophies is expect that this is a hard book like Shakespeare and you're going to have to work through the book with the whole church for two, the, with 2000, for 2000 years. Now mm. that doesn't mean that the, in, in fact, like if you look through faithful, historic, orthodox, confessional interpretation, you're going to find that we actually agree on like 99% of the scriptures. Yeah. Um, so, but our presuppositions are going to matter. So like a, a, somebody who doesn't believe that the Bible is inspired 
you know, by the Holy Spirit is obviously going to come to completely different views mm-hmm. on on Scripture. And but people don't understand that they don't understand that different scholars have different presuppositions. So they don't they don't argue that. So long story short, we need to be a little bit patient. Mm-hmm. We need to be a little bit slow. We need to like do some studying, do some reading. It's gonna it's going to, but it'll be worth it in the end because then you'll build your theological frame. Uh, uh, of, of scripture. And as you continue to work in, on and construct that frame, the way that the biblical writers want you to construct it. So yep. there, by the way, there is a way, right? Like there's a, we believe in authorial intent. We believe in original audience. Um, we do have biases. We have a bias. Second Timothy three sixteen. We believe I have a bias to believe that the, all scriptures God breathed, right? It's mm-hmm. like, so, mm-hmm. um, so as I, I continue to construct my theological worldview, then I can actually begin to hear God easier in the scriptures mm-hmm. uh, and actually easier throughout life. So that's kind of uh, one, of, one of the other myths. It's like the Bible is just an easy book, read it immediately, and that's what the Holy Spirit is saying. Well, no, no, that's, that's, that's not. In fact, that's a great way to create a cult. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. You know what I mean? So that's, so that's kind of my thought. Some of, some of it is. Some of it's like the Psalms. I think that reading the Psalms, you know, Psalm 23, it's pretty straightforward, but there are definitely some things in there that you might want to consider. Like, mm-hmm. what does this mean in the Hebrew? And, mm-hmm. you know, what have, uh, what did some of the, uh, what are some insights that the, that people who've studied this and understand Hebrew and understand, you know, Semitic poetry, what are some of their insights that I can get really what this guy's saying and stuff, et cetera. So, yeah, those, totally. are, those are my thoughts. Totally, because you could end up reading Psalm 23 and thinking thinking that, okay, Jesus is having me over for a dinner party or, you know, he's right. going to splash some olive oil on my forehead. Like, so there's a bit of work that needs to be done when we're reading the Bible, especially because, you know, different cultures, different times, stuff like that. Like, you were just sharing with me that your wife is from Australia. So when your sure. wife says that she's from, uh, says something like, uh, I'm going to rock up to church, yeah. well, she thinks that you understand that she's communicating that she's going to show up to church, but you think, you know, because you're from Canada and you know, you, you grew up listening to the Beatles, that that means you're just going to like, you know, play guitar really loud. And, and you guys are on totally different, you know, fields right there. So there, it takes a bit of time to get to know what someone is saying. And so exactly. what you're trying to communicate and, and, and what you talk about in the, in the book is that it takes a bit of work for us to uh, discover what God is saying to us through the Bible. Um, yeah. So, so brilliantly, uh, I think there's about ten myths in, in the book, and uh, Nate, you just brilliantly elaborate on on all ten of those. And I think you also do give us a little bit of insight in how we learn to listen uh, to God. I'm wondering if, just in conclusion, you could talk about how do we listen to God if if it's not about being alone or just like opening up the Bible to any random page and and getting immediate meaning for us, if it's not, you know, God only speaks to those people, then how do we, the, the normal people, you know, not the pastors or worship leaders or, or whoever, but norm, normal Christians hear God's voice? Because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I yes. give unto them eternal life. So so how do we begin to learn how to listen to God's voice? Yeah, so I think that we read it, uh, sorry, we, so we, the first thing we do is, is uh, work hard to construct a biblical worldview. So every, the Word of God is the test of all of God's speech. The Bible mm-hmm. is the test of all of it. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit's never going to tell me something that is clearly against anything that Jesus is teaching me. Um, so, so number one, so read it. Like read the Gospels. Read the Gospel of John especially. Um, begin to understand. Re- read the New Testament. Read the Old Testament and, and, and work, work hard on constructing that. And anybody can do that. Anybody can 
can dig deeper and become a theologian. Everybody's a theologian. The question is not whether you're a theologian. The question is whether you're a good theologian or not. Yeah. So, so get good at, you know, like read the Bible and, and study it and get to know it because it's important. It's God's speech towards you. Number one, number two, uh, put yourself in godly community, like essentially obey scripture, you know? Mm. So do the things that are clear that Christians should be doing. And as you begin to put yourself in community and you're reading the scripture and you're in godly relationships and you're in relationship with, you know, your right relationships with pastors and leaders where you're vulnerable and you're innocent and you, you, you tell them who you are and what you're going through, et cetera, and be honest with, with people. Um, then I believe that God begins to speak. You know, God speaks through my wife. He speaks through my dad. He speaks through mm-hmm. my mom. He speaks through my in-laws. Uh, my father-in-law is an incredible man of wisdom. My, 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 my wife's grandfather, incredible wisdom. Uh, my pastors, uh, he speaks through, uh, you know, my friends, people, I, you know, wisdom, et cetera. So, so I'm, in a, I'm in a community of faith. And the Lord speaks to you guys through that. And then, you know, then I, I obviously I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that the Spirit gives me impressions on things. Mm-hmm. And I test all things. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't despise prophets. I get, I have, there's a couple of prophets in my life that I, I, you wouldn't believe the accuracy with which they, they prophesy. It's insane. Um, but I test those things and I hold fast to what is true and good. And, and I test them with, with my dad and I talk to my wife about things I'm thinking about and my dad and my pastors, et cetera. Um, you know, and then there's wisdom obviously. So I think that anybody, I think that the, I think that the secret sauce for God's voice is great Christian brothers and sisters. That's Mm -hmm. the secret sauce. The secret sauce is having those people. Um, I think that God just speaks to us. And I think, I think that as you, you, it's kind of like your voice gets a, you begin to sense it. You begin to you begin to tell when the Lord is working, and you begin to tell when the Holy Spirit is is moving you in a way. And, mm-hmm. and you just you know I don't, I don't hear audible voices, but I sense God's stirring and moving, and then it'll be confirmed through all these other voices. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and so that's kind of what we do. So I just you know, and I do it humbly. I don't like. I'm not the guy who goes out there and I just says, God told me this because I don't, you know, I want to walk humbly before other people and I want to walk humbly before the Lord. Uh, but I work it all out humbly in community. And I think that uh, the Lord really honors that and he guides it. So I, so, so yeah, you just pray, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And, and, uh, and then you just, you, and you work that, you work it out in community and, mm-hmm. and the more you work it out in community, I think the Lord will confirm things through other people. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why God insists on speaking and confirming, you know, through other people, but I think it's just to keep us humble, mm-hmm. just to keep us humble and to keep us connected and to keep us um, safe. So that's, those are my, those are my, my big thoughts. I, I think that's so brilliant. He speaks to us through the Bible. He speaks through community. He speaks through other people. Such a important uh, point, Nathan, where uh, God doesn't just speak to us. He speaks to friends and pastors and leaders. And he speaks to our community and, and, and different 
different things like that. And so God, God is constantly speaking to us during these different sources. And, and as you write so brilliantly in your book, it takes a bit of time to learn to listen, to, yeah. you know, acquire an ear to hear and that's recognize, it. oh, that, that's kind of how God spoke to me last time. Okay, I wonder if that's God. Let's, let's see. And maybe you ask a friend, okay, hey, I, I, I have this impression or somebody shared this word with me. Do you think that's God? Okay, let's, let's kind of discern that together. So brilliant. Uh, to all of our listeners, check out um, Nathan's book, Hearing God. You can get on Amazon. It's also in the description below. Uh, Nathan, it was so fun having you on the podcast. Thank you for being with us today. To all of our listeners, we hope our conversation was helpful and inspires you to follow Jesus. To all of you, grace and peace. Cheers. Cheers.